Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Amplify Network. Uh, before we get started this evening, I uh, just wanted to shout out to our sponsors. First, we have the Mouse Merch Box. They are the official Disney subscription box. Uh, they deliver quarterly. It's $60 per box if you subscribe, $70 per box if you don't. Uh, they have $120 to $150 worth of exclusive Disney merchandise in every box. If you want to check them out, we do have a coupon code. Uh, that is going to be SPRINGS20. That will be there the entire show for you. Next, we have the Great Adventure Supply Company. Uh, they're the place to go for 80s and 90s themed Disney apparel. Uh, so check them out. They recently released some new stuff, and it's pretty cool. We have a coupon code for them as well. That coupon code is going to be MAGIC15. Um, that's going to get you 15% off your order. So be sure to check out both of our awesome sponsors. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into the Amplified Network, and we hope you enjoy the show. And welcome to Dungeon Seekers. I'm Mackenzie. And I'm Steve. And today we are talking about tanking. Um, and don't just mean like doing really shitty at something. Oh, huh. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, tanking when it comes to uh, Dungeons and Dragons in particular, but uh, you could probably apply this to other sorts of tabletop RPGs. Uh, but the system that we're most familiar with is uh, 5e. Fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah. So uh, we're gonna go over the um, main classes that uh, typically tank, and then we're gonna kind of discuss the mechanics of tanking and what makes it different in a tabletop game versus like a video game. Um, so we're gonna go on ahead and jump into classes. Um, when you think tank, what's the first class you think of? Uh, barbarian. And not just because it's both the first alphabetically and the strongest. Just, if, if you think, okay, who's going to fuck shit up and be able to take the most damage? Barbarian. Yeah, and that's the, the class that I have the most experience with, both playing D&D and also uh, when I first started playing RPGs, like playing Diablo and Diablo 2. Because for the most part, I played by myself. It's the best class to play by yourself, just because barbarians are their natural-born tanks, uh, no matter what you're playing. But specifically for 5th edition, um, they're definitely the, the one class that is predisposed to, to be your tank, no matter what. Right. So, if you're playing a barbarian, um, when it comes to the mechanics of things... Um, Ability scores, I touched on this a little bit on the last episode. Um, basically, every class, there's the ability scores that you kind of want to 
focus the most on. So for barbarians, I feel like that's kind of obvious strength. Yeah, it's definitely a strength. And also, um, you do also want to, especially if you're going to tank, you want to put more into constitution as well, because that's going to determine your hit points. Uh, now, as a bar barbarian, you start with a d12 hit dice, um, which, if you know, that is basically what determines your hit points. And having the d12 to determine that, it's you can't get any higher than that. And it's the only class that really has a d12. Uh, so it, you're right off the bat, your hit points are going to be good. And there are other ways that you can maneuver your armor class, which is the second big thing uh, when you're looking to tank. Right. So definitely strength, constitution, maybe dexterity. Um, your wisdom and intelligence don't need to really be... Wisdom sometimes, I it think. It depends, th I feel like. There isn't, so a barbarian's armor class, if they're not wearing any sort of armor whatsoever, if they're just going in uh, with, you know, just regular clothes or whatever the case may be. Loincloth. Yeah, or a loincloth, um, you know, whatever. Uh, Depending on the player. Right. Um, Holden. Holden was a sorcerer, though, so. Yeah, I know, but. Shout out to Holden. We miss you, buddy. We did. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think it's it's your dexterity and then also another attribute, if I'm not mistaken, it's wisdom um, that will de that will determine your armor class. And you get a little boost there, uh, so that definitely helps. Uh, so you do want your wisdom to be high. Certain barbarian abilities, when you get into the subclasses, uh, sometimes your wisdom is determined there. Uh, but normally intelligence and charisma could be your dumb stats when you're talking about a barbarian. Whatever low stats you end up with, whether it's you do the rolling or you do a points or whatever it is, um, usually those can be your dump stats. And with the Barbarian, that's one of those where depending on how you roll, you may want to look at, okay, what race do I want this to be? Because, you know, certain races have certain bonuses that you may or may not want depending on how you plan to play the character. Yeah, I mean, and that's for, you know, when it's good, it's definitely good to think about when you're starting off you know, you don't want to hinder yourself uh, in any way, but you also kind of don't want to be that person that's going to uh, min-max things or be a munchkin, um, which are basically, you, you look at everything and go, okay, how can I maximize everything and just be, you know, you, you don't want to really work the numbers game as much, uh, just because sometimes I feel like that takes the fun out of it. Right. Like, you, you obviously want to focus your strengths on what makes the most sense for the character, mm -hmm. but you don't want your character to be super overpowered and perfect because that takes away a lot of the story aspect of the game. Yeah. And it, it just makes it kind of boring to play after a while. That too, yeah. I mean, there is, it's totally, you know, you go around and you start killing stuff and it's really fun for a little bit, but it's kind of like, you know, when you're playing a video game with cheat codes on, like, it's fun for a little bit, but then after a while you're just like, okay, how many more different you know, places can I just go and ruin. Right. So if you're thinking about tanking and you just want to jump in and be a badass motherfucker, Barbarian's the way to go. Um, another class that when you think of tanking, you're probably going to think of is fighter. Um obvious reasons. Yeah. I mean, there's two. there are two kinds of different fighters. You could be a melee fighter or a ranged fighter. 
chances are if you're going to be a ranged fighter, then you're going to put uh, more emphasis on dexterity because uh, dexterity is more important when it comes to ranged weapons. So uh, there are a couple of uh, subclasses that if you think you're going to be looking into, like Arcane Archer comes to mind, um, you know, you're probably going to, if you're that kind of farter, fighter, not farter, uh, although if you're a farter, you probably want to stay away from everybody anyway. Um, if you are a dexterity fighter, like a ranged weapon master, uh, you're going to put your stats more in dexterity. Strength isn't going to be as big of a deal. But if you are that up-close-and-personal fighter, that melee fighter, you do definitely want to put strength in because you're kind of going to be the de facto tank if you're a fighter like that. Right. So uh, primary abilities for fighter, typically strength or dexterity, again, depending on if you're tanking or focusing more on damage dealing just in general. Um, your saving throw, like bam, save, whatever, are going to be strength and constitution. Your proficiencies. Um, that. Yeah. I should have said that. Um, and your hit die is going to be a d10, so not quite as high as barbarian. That being said, it's still a pretty good place to be. Um, you're still going to end up with pretty high hit points compared to most of the party, um, which is pretty ideal if you're tanking because you're basically there to take hits. Yeah, uh, which is also a, a another good thing if you do put points in constitution. Again, that's going to make it that much more. So yeah, D10 is a good starting point for a hit die. Most classes have a D8, uh, except for uh, the two um, pure... Spellcasters, sorcerers, and wizards—they're they're stuck with the D6, but most everybody else has a D8, which is kind of middle of the road. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the when you think tanks, if you just look at what the hit die are, that kind of tells you, okay, the the higher the number, the better tank you would probably be. Mm -hmm. So, um, fighters—if you're playing it as a tank, a lot of it's going to be pretty similar to playing a barbarian. Yeah, I mean, Barbarian yeah. is going to be, you know, there are a couple of extra things that kind of facilitate that, you know, uh, Barbarians, you know, you have the Rage Factor, you have a couple of other things, uh, depending on what class you're going to be, um, that really make you get in the middle, you know, you're it basically the tank is always going to be the first one in the door, or, you know, the first one to try and just run up and start attacking people, so... Usually, that's kind of the way that you can get into tanking in D&D. &D. Uh, you know, we might get into a couple of the differences of how that is different from other, you know, video games or other sorts of tabletop RPGs. Uh, but basically, the best way to be a tank is to just be the first one in the door. Right. So next, um, one that I am slowly becoming more familiar with just from watching other people play it and play it very well um, would be monks. Uh, so up until recently, I hadn't really even seen or talked to anyone who played a monk. And now we have a monk in our current campaign mm -hmm. and also watching Critical Role, um, which I do religiously, um, watching Marisha Gray play a monk is kind of magical. Yeah. And also she and, you know, you'd look at it and go, OK, monks, you know, they're not armored. They're not big, beefy warriors. You know, they ha they only have a D8 hit die. They have the average, basically. Um, but if you look at some stats, you know, for example, Marisha Ray, uh, so uh, Bo's uh, armor class is 20. 
uh, as a monk. And I think they're like seventh or eighth level, something yeah. like that. So they're not even super high. Um, and that lends itself to the fact that you have the, again, similar to a barbarian where you can have additional bonuses to your armor class if you're not wearing armor. So you get that dexterity modifier bonus. You get the wisdom modifier bonus. Um, I think you get maybe one or two other things depending on you know, the situation or, again, what your subclass is. Uh, but they kind of lend itself to the other way of being a, a tank. You know, the first way is going to be with a barbarian or a fighter, you have a lot of hit points, so you can absorb damage, and that's a good way of being, uh, you know, a tank, is being able to absorb the damage. Whereas with a monk, they kind of go with the philosophy of you can't kill what you can't catch. Uh, and so unless you're going to be going with an area of effect damage, uh, and even then monks have a, you know, they kind of sometimes have roguelike abilities where they can evade certain damages, or, you know, sometimes they might have resistances or something like that that basically help them avoid damage. Right, so uh, the way I look at monks is kind of the unexpected addition to the party, um, just because I feel like they're not played a lot because people think, oh, well, they don't wear armor, so, I mean, they do, like, pretty pretty close-up damage, like melee damage. They don't really do anything ranged at all, so if they don't wear armor... You know, how are they going to be of any use? Because they're just going to die. Because I think people don't realize that, like, their primary abilities are dexterity and wisdom. So basically, they're fast um, and just really hard to hit in general. And so I feel like that's one of those classes, um, for starters, it's one that I want to play at some point. Um, when I am willing to step out of dealing magic, uh, so not necessarily soon, but some point. Um, I mean, that can be arranged. No, I'm I'm please don't kill me. Um, so, yeah, I think that when people think tanks, they just forget that monks exist a lot of times. Well, I think that's partially... Uh, I, mean I, I feel like monks are a relatively new addition. I know they right. weren't around for 3.5. I don't right. know when exactly they were, if they were added earlier, if they had been removed or taken back. I don't know all of the history of monks. But they're relatively new to us. And, you mm -hmm. know, when you start thinking of your traditional party, it's usually you go with the basics. You know, you go fighter or, you know, tank, basically, or yeah. healer, damage dealer, and then, like, a rogue or a thief or something. Right. Monks are kind of one of those classes that was always in the background, and a lot of people don't really think about it when you're trying to get that core party. Mm -hmm. um, and I think because of people like Mercer Ray playing Bo and just generally that class being out a little bit more, uh, people kind of recognize them as the badasses that they are. I, I feel like a lot of times the people who end up playing monks are the people who are just like what else is there that's a mm -hmm. little bit different from what everyone else is doing because if you're a monk you're definitely I don't want to say that you don't overlap in any ways with anyone else in the party but you're you definitely stand out from I mean there are parties where there's a wizard, there's a warlock, there's a sorcerer. Okay, that's great. So we have three people who are kind of doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, if you have, or even if it's like a fighter and a paladin in the same party, they might be overlapping some. I feel like monks are very unique in a lot of ways. I mean, some of their abilities, I feel, kind of overlap with maybe rogues, if anything. 
I could see that. Yeah, rogues and uh, you know, but again, it, it kind of also depends on on your your subclass because there yep. is. I know in Xanathar's Guide to Everything, I believe uh, there is a monk subclass that you can actually heal a little bit, um, and there are. You know, so it depends what kind of thing you're looking for. So monks are definitely one of the more versatile classes. You can tank if you want to, or if you don't want to tank, you could be the damage dealer, uh, or you could be doing both. Or right. you know, so there's a lot of versatility with the monk class, and a lot of the things that they can do, though, definitely lends itself to tanking. For sure. Um, so next, which we kind of touched on a little bit when we were talking about healers, um, would be paladins because. I feel like when people think paladins, 50% of people think tank and 50% think healer. And mm. I think it's it's based on probably what kind of games they've played, whether they've just played tabletop or they've played um, video games as well. Because, like, for me, when I think paladin, I think more healer. But I know from playing with people who play Paladin, they typically seem to lean a little more towards tank. Yeah, at least w in our experience, uh, the, the tank that we have, shout out to Cody, uh, he's really good at tanking, but also uh, he, the w I mean, the campaign that, you get that we're kind of in right now, you don't really have a dedicated healer. Uh, if anything, it would be your NPC that's been tagging along with you guys, your druid. Uh, he kind of, one is the de facto he healer, more because you have the paladin in Cody who does more of the tanking. Um, he, he can heal, and he does when he needs to, mm -hmm. um, but his job has more been recently to go in, be the first one in the door, and you know be that tank that's absorbing the damage. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have um, Dahlia, who's, going to, who's your bard, who again, bards are good healers, uh, but they're you know, most of their spells are going to be more as a buff mm -hmm. or, you know, either negative or positive depending on who they're targeting. And depending on what their subclasses are. Also true, yeah. Um, so paladins are also kind of in that same way where uh, when I first, uh, my first introduction to paladins, again, Diablo 2, uh, and other sort of, you know, like computer-based or video game-based RPGs where they've been, they're it's kind of a secondary healer, but also more of a buffer uh, you know, positive or negative, and then also they're a tank. So they do wear a lot of hats also, yeah. uh, and it definitely depends on, th they do absolutely lend themselves to being a tank. Uh, you know, they have that D10 hit die, uh, and they have bonuses to strength and even a little bit of charisma, depending mm -hmm. on what the situation calls for. Uh, but strength is usually their first one because they're going to be that person up close and personal. Mm -hmm. um, and depending on what else they take, they can wear heavy armor and stuff, so they can do that armor class. So they can do a little bit of both. And I feel like just the the kind of character a paladin is, it makes sense that they would be the first person in the door, mm -hmm. but also that they would be kind of healing others while taking damage themselves. Like, it just... When you think of like a backstory for a paladin or the kind of environment that makes sense for a paladin, it it really does make sense that they would tank and do a little bit of healing. Um, I know a lot of classes, they can do multiple things, but it doesn't mm -hmm. always make sense that they do multiple things in the same battle. Yeah, most of the time a paladin is going to be lawful good as far as alignment goes. 
Uh, alignment doesn't really matter as much in fifth edition, you know, especially depending on who you play with. Uh, but you know, law a person that's going to say, okay, I'm creating this lawful good character. They are going to be that first one in the door because they want to lead the party. They're going to be that natural born leader, and they're going to want to kind of look out for their teammates. So the kind of player and the kind of character that is thinking about running a paladin is probably going to have those things in mind to begin with. They're not going to be so much. I mean, and the other, the other good thing about a paladin, uh, in addition to barbarians as well, is that they're super, uh, they're they're super good damage dealers. In just one or two strikes, they can deal out massive amounts of damage with some of their abilities and that kind of thing. Um, which is the other good thing that makes you a good tank. It's being able to deal out a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. So they are also within that realm of they can take a hit and keep going, and then they can hit you back just as hard as you hit them. Right. Um, so let's go on ahead and get into some of the differences between tanking in a game like Dungeons & Dragons versus tanking in a video game. Um, so the main one that I think of... Um, coming from playing World of Warcraft for years is um, aggro. So in video games, you know, there's a lot of like buffs and things that you can do to draw the attention of whoever it is you're fighting. Um, even if you're not the first one in the door, not the first one doing damage. Um, D&D, it's a little bit trickier. Um, because ultimately the DM decides who the monster or enemy is going to go after. Um. Yeah, I mean, most of the time, you know, it and, you know, it comes down to the enemies that you're facing. Uh, most of the time, philosophy is if you're, you know, the philosophy of a monster, uh, if they have a modicum of intelligence, they're going to say, okay, what's the biggest threat? And most of the time, the quickest way to size up a situation to figure out what the biggest threat is is the biggest person. And most of the time, that's going to be a barbarian or that's going to be that paladin with that huge armor. Um, or sometimes it's just the first one in the door. Uh, so y you're definitely right in that, yes, it's part of the DM and it's and they could, you know, that's more of a, a mark of a good or bad DM than it is the game or the character, you know, anything like that, um, to try and take, uh, that philosophy of what's what are they going to target, um, which w with a video game or a computer-based thing, it's a little bit easier to manipulate that. Right. Um, it's a little bit harder to manipulate a DM. Right. That being said, I mean, even in video games, there are times when, say, a magic user will run in and attack first and end up dead because they were just a little too quick. Um, but in D&D, it's interesting because, you know, everything's based on initiative, which is one of the reasons why dexterity is relatively important, especially if you're tanking. Um, just because if, say, you know, your tank in the group rolls a two for initiative, and so they're going last, um, chances are everyone else is already going to be, like, in the room causing more of a threat to the monster than you are. Yeah. Um, and also, I feel like with more intelligent enemies rather than monsters, 
they're going to look more at who's doing the most damage to me, mm-hmm. um, which is why I was nervous uh, when we were playing on Friday, because I, as the warlock, was doing a shit ton of damage, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to hide behind this wall so I don't get damaged. And the enemy, since it was, was he a human? He was a human mage, yeah. Okay, yeah. So he, (laughs) for obvious reasons, if I'm doing 30 damage on my action, um, and had anyone else really done damage? Uh, I can't remember. If yeah. if anyone else <laughs> did do damage, it Wasn't was relatively minimal. Yeah. Um, so he came for me, even though our tank was right in his face. Um, which sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, so at the end of the day, I feel like the dice have a lot of the power when it comes to tanking, when it comes to initiative and keeping the enemy's attention. Yeah, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I think barbarians and maybe even monks do get some sort of bonus for their initiative rolls for that reason. I think um, you're right. And, you know, it and because, you know, the creators of the game kind of said, okay, you know, chances are if you're playing a barbarian, if you have a barbarian in your team, they are going to be the tank one way or the other, whether you meant it to be or not. Right. Um, you know, you're not going to get a barbarian that has ranged attacks, and you're not going to have that barbarian that's casting spells. They are the big beefy guy in the room mm-hmm. that you know that everybody is going to be going after. So, you know, that is why first and foremost, all of the things that are about barbarians do lend them to that sense. Now, there are again kind of certain subclasses that uh, actually do buff uh, other people, or they kind of make it so that there are disadvantages or there are penalties for attacking other people, aside from the barbarian. Uh, There's a sentinel uh, ability that you can either, it's a feat that you can have, or some classes just kind of get it uh, for certain abilities, depending on what the situation calls for. Um, But it's one of those things that it basically penalizes people that run away, or penalizes people that attack people other than the the barbarian, right. So it's definitely a good way of saying it's n- it's not a spell that you can cast necessarily. It's not an ability that you know. When I was playing as a barbarian in Diablo two, you know there was there were special uh, like war cries that you could do that are going to attract enemies and or you know penalize them or you know make them run away or whatever the case is. They don't really have that as much in D and D without homebrewing a bunch of stuff. Right. In D&D, it's a lot more of you actually have to put effort into it instead of just, oh, I had this thing that just automatically, no, that, that, that's not the thing. Right. Um, and so I personally have not tanked, but I've watched a lot of tanks get very frustrated with parties because I feel like the most common thing that causes problems for a tank is when there are too many people between them and the enemy, and so they can't do anything. Right. I mean, there are there are definitely certain ways, as either a DM or just naturally occurring, that you can certainly nerf a barbarian. Um, one of the best ways is to put obstacles, because you know they are going to be a melee person. So if you can somehow put some sort of obstacle in between the barbarian and their target, that's definitely going to go a long way to do that. 
Um, and sometimes the party does that for you. Also um, true. Because there are some people, even if they have spells and stuff they can do, they tend to like to get up in the enemy's face, even though they might not need to. Um, and as a result, sometimes that can cause, you know, the tank or like maybe rogues or monks who aren't tanking but are still doing melee damage to not be able to do anything. Um, I think I've done that maybe once because I had vampiric touch and mm -hmm. hadn't really used it yet and wanted to try it out. Um, typically, I feel like people who have played more like melee characters tend to do that the most when they start playing like a, a magic user or like ranged. Yeah, definitely. At least at like the beginning, you know, when you when you're uh, when you're used to playing someone that's going to get up close and personal, and you know, you either had a high armor class or you could take a lot of damage or something. If you're used to playing a tank and then you switch over to a magic user that can't really do that or you know when they get up close and personal they realize they can't do as much as they can and then they become the target and you realize oh man i just got knocked unconscious when that could have happened you know that would have taken three or four rounds for that to happen oh oh this is the right this is why i'm usually hiding in the corner that's me i hide in the corner everyone judges me for hiding in the corner but you know who rarely goes unconscious um any other tips for someone who has never tanked before, who's jumping in it into it for the first time? Uh, I mean, the good thing is, you know, especially when you're a barbarian, um, you know, it, it definitely does lend itself to a, a, a beginner or a newer person because of the fact that really your goal is find the thing and then kill the thing. And you're killing the thing just by running up and trying to smash it with a hammer. You know, you don't have a lot of spells to memorize. You don't really have a lot of, uh, you know, depending on your subclass, you could have certain abilities. Um, with a barbarian, there is raging, so you c which basically takes a bonus action to do. Uh, you get certain bonuses, like you get advantages on strength checks uh, and saving throws, I think. Um, and then you get extra, you can deal extra damage and all these other things. Certain subclasses will let you have other abilities while you're raging. Um, and uh, the other big one is a reckless attack which gives you advantage on your attack rolls, but then any other attacks during that round until it's your next turn have advantage on you. Um, so that's something you kind of need to weigh, you know, what's more important, doing more damage now or taking less damage. Um, right. I mean, if, you're, if you realize you're coming up to something that has a really high armor class and you need a good roll to, to, to attack it, to actually hit it, you're trying. You're probably going to want to do that reckless attack. Um, you know, on the other side, if you've been hitting things and cleaving through enemies, you know, back and forth, you really don't need that. Especially if you do have a lot of enemies around you that are going to be hitting you. Um, but that's the good thing. You know, aside from those two things and maybe one or two other things, you don't have a huge list of spells. You don't have to remember what's my spell saving throw. What what do I have to add to this attack roll when I'm casting a spell? Uh, you know, what does concentration mean? What, is, what are spell components? All of the, you know, all of the things that uh, when you're first jumping into this kind of thing um, can kind of get overwhelming. 
So I would definitely recommend being a tank, uh, definitely being a barbarian at that. Uh, if you're playing for the first time, or if you kind of want to see, you want to try something new, absolutely. Right. Um, one of the things that I'm going to say you kind of need to know before you start tanking, um, you can't overthink things, and you can't really be a timid player if you're going to tank. So the reason I say that is because, A, if you're a timid player, chances are the rest of your party is going to suffer because of it, um, which is part of why I don't tank, uh, because I'm so used to playing squishy characters that even when I'm not as squishy as I think I am, um, I still tend to hang back. Um, I typically play non-confrontational to an extent characters. So you really can't, you have to just be able to just go in and fuck shit up. Um, and then also if you are someone who overthinks things, you're going to make playing the character a lot more complicated than it needs to be. At the end of the day, I feel like tanks are probably one of the more fun characters because you don't necessarily have to worry about the rest of the party and what's going on with them. You're really just focused on the enemy, and that's all you really need to care about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when you are that monk or that fighter, even maybe that paladin to an extent, uh, it's okay to be a tactician. It's okay to try and think and maybe try and form a battle strategy. There's actually a, a fighter subclass that is it's battle master, and it, it really lends itself to that person, that tactician that can kind of try and plan and maneuver and kind of dictate the way a fight is going to go. Um, but especially if when you're a barbarian, barbarians have never been accused of overthinking things. Um, and so that is really the class where you just burst through the door, find something, and you 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 don't shoot first because unless you're, you know, you have a gun or something, but most barbarians wouldn't have a gun. So you're going to attack first and then ask questions later. Right. And I feel like, like for me, I play D&D &D as kind of like a way to like de-stress. If you have a lot of shit going on and you're just trying to relax and de-stress, being a barbarian I feel is perfect because you can just take out all of your rage on the real world. Uh, and like I feel like when you leave your game for the night, I feel like you're going to be a much more relaxed person afterwards. Not that no one else can do the same thing, but I feel like when you don't really have to worry about what the rest of the party is doing and you can just focus on destroying mm -hmm. whoever or whatever it is you're fighting, I feel like that's probably one of the like purest moments of enjoyment in D&D. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I remember the last campaign that we were playing when I was running. Uh, I was running a barbarian. Uh, it was Disney themed, so he was Wreck It Ralph. Um, it was one of the most fun NPCs I ever had, just because it was just like, well, Ra what's Ralph gonna do? And I didn't have to think and plan out all this strategy of what's Ralph gonna do, like I do some of the other NPCs. To be fair, it was in his name what he was going to do. Yes, absolutely. Um, but it was. But just when I, you know, I. Partially, it it actually made when he was there. It made 
uh, creating the encounters a little bit more challenging because I was looking at his stats and even I didn't, you know, min-max him at all really. Um, and just by, you know, dice that I had rolled up and ability scores and stuff and, you know, all these things, it was, holy crap, he's doing like 30 points of damage on a bad roll. Yeah. You know, and what's going to happen when he crits or, you know, something crazy. So, uh, yeah, barbarians are just so much fun to play because it's and because you just roll and it's like, oh, I rolled a 19. But with all the stats and everything, that's a 28 to hit. And that's going to be, you know, crazy amounts of damage. And it's really fun when you're you're just doing that. And it's just swiping and cleaving through enemies. Right, and then the rest of the people you're playing with are just kind of sitting there staring at you, like, "But that's that's not even that's not even fair." Like, I I don't have bonuses on my rolls. I'm a magic user. You'd <laughs> think I'd be doing more damage than the tank, and yet here we are. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, there's obviously you know benefits to playing any class, but that's that's definitely a fun one if you just don't want to have to think too much. Yes, but that being said, um, the one downside to playing that barbarian and playing that tank uh, is when you encounter a spellcaster or someone with some sort of charming or mind manipulation or something, they're usually the first ones to target because of the fact that they are that big beefy person and uh, most magic users and most enemy spellcasters know that the best way to disrupt the party is to target that guy and mm -hmm. send him on a rampage in the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, so you'll see it uh, if you ever watch Critical Role. You know, um, Frog usually was the target of that, and it happened on a couple of times. Um, Ralph I once or twice was yeah. it did the same thing where when uh, you don't want to get on a barbarian's bad side because they're they're hard to control as it is. You know, they're basically like the Incredible Hulk just ro roaming around the battlefield. Um, mm -hmm. So you can imagine how just unruly and chaotic that can get. Right. And even, um, like, in World of Warcraft, uh, a lot of times in, like, dungeons or raids, there are bosses who can control um, at least one member of the party at a time. Um, granted, with that, it's a little bit more random, but it's kind of the same thing where it's like, oh, um... Well, I guess we have to deal with this before we can worry about that. Um, so, you know, even in, in video games, it's something you may encounter. It's just, I feel, a little more common in an environment like this, where the enemy is being controlled by an actual intelligent human being who can be a little bit more picky about who are we going to mind control? Who would this character want to mind control? Um, so, yeah, in that sense, the tank, especially if it's a barbarian, is going to be a, a definite target. If it's someone like a paladin, maybe not as much. They might go for, like, if there's a rogue in the party, maybe, or yeah, I feel like it just it really depends on the, the DM. Uh, I mean, most of the time, yeah. But I would say, if you're if we're trying <laughs> if we're talking about mind control, the best people are going to be either the tank or, the or I wouldn't say the healer. I would yeah. say the DPS. I would say whoever's causing the most damage in one or two shots, uh, because mm -hmm. they're going to, especially when it's an area of effect, um, somewhere again. No spoiler alert for critical role. Um, 
but uh, it, it, something very similar happened on last week's episode of Critical Role, and where it was. Oh, oh, oh. Don't say it. I won't say anything, but. Uh, we're not spoiling it because I'm watching it when we're done. But so the, the two people that you would target, b because, and for the same reason, because they can cause the most chaos in the battlefield and because they can cause them, they can deal the most damage in one or two shots. Because you don't know how, lo how long that mind control is going to last, so you got to get your, your kicks in while you right. can. Any last tips, tricks, comments for tanking? No, I think once we start talking about mind control, uh, I think we're pretty good. All right, well, uh, next week's episode is going to be all about damage dealing, um, both magic users and non-magic users. Uh, so just kind of anyone who isn't primarily thought of as a healer or a tank. Um, so yeah, that will be part three of the Keeping It Classy series. Uh, so we will see you next week.